Are you ready to scale new heights? Are you passionate about moving up into unprecedented realms? Then get ready to enter into a season of fulfillment of God's purpose for your life. Join Pastor Shegun Obade on this course as he equips and empowers you to become a complete man. Your life is about to experience a major shift. Walk by faith, not by sight. Glory to God. Amen. Living by faith requires that you get your attention from everything around you to the Word. You have to station your attention to and on God's word permanently. That's what it means to walk by faith. And we've been looking at faith. This is a series. And last week we began looking at the six uh, big hindrances to faith. Six big hindrances to faith. Praise God. And then we identified the major hindrance to faith, which is ignorance of the word of God. You remember? All right. Lack of revelation of God's word. That is the major, the mother hindrance to faith. Now in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12, the Bible tells us, it says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. And then it says, lay hold on eternal life. So it tells us that faith is a fight. Amen. Can you talk to your neighbor? If there's anybody around you, just tell the person, faith is a fight. All right. Faith is a fight. And then it tells us that faith is a good fight. It is a fight. And then it's a good fight. It says, fight the good fight of faith. So a good fight is a fight that is in your advantage, all right, in your advantage. It is in your interest. It is to your advantage. That is a good fight. That means when you fight such a fight, you are going to win. Victory is certain. That is a good fight. So fight the good fight of faith. So faith is a fight. It's a good fight. And then the Bible tells us that this good fight is against something. Because if it's a fight, then it is against something. That means there is an enemy to faith. So, the enemy of faith primarily is ignorance of the word of God. Today we want to break it down and look at different hindrances to faith. Number one is lack of understanding of who you are in Christ. Lack of understanding of who you are in Christ, the new creation. Now, if a man lacks understanding of who he is in Christ, his faith is not going to work. His faith is not going to produce results. Why? Because he's going to struggle to believe God. He's going to struggle to engage faith because he doesn't know who he is in Christ. She doesn't know who she is in Christ. So, our faith works when we get to know who we are in Christ. Why is that important? Now, the knowledge of who you are in Christ is the foundation of your faith. Your identity in Christ is the foundation of your faith because that's where faith comes from. 
Now, the moment you know who you are, then you can believe aright and you can believe the way you ought to believe. Because faith comes from the substance of your identity. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So when you know that you are a brand new person, then you understand that your faith is rooted in your identity. So everything you manifest will come out of that newness of life. For example, a Christian who does not believe that he is a new creature in Christ will not believe God for new things consistent with his new nature. Now, the moment you know that you are a brand new person in Christ, your faith towards God will be faith for things consistent with your new nature. If the devil comes and throws something at you that is not consistent with your identity in Christ, you don't take it. Praise God. You don't take it. You don't take it. Because that's not your package. You don't sign that package. You don't take delivery of that package. Why? Because that's not your package. Praise God. Amen. For example, we understand that the man in Christ is a brand new man with a brand new nature and new realities and possibilities. That's, that's what we call new creation realities. All right? So that means the man is now after or of the kind of God. In other words, after the God kind. For example, the Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23, it says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth for how long? Forever. So the man in Christ is born of the word of God. Now the word of God lives and abides forever. The word of God cannot be overcome. So the man that is born of God's word cannot be overcome. Praise God. Nothing can overcome him. Again, the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, if you start reading from verse 20, we're going to verse 23 actually, but just start from verse 20. It says, but you have not so learned Christ, if so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that he put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Go on to verse 24. It says, And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So the man that is born of God is created in righteousness and true holiness. What that means is the very character, the very life of God is in him. He is now a partaker of the very nature of God, the very life of God. Amen? So he believes from that place. He receives from that place, from that consciousness. Praise the Lord. Again, you understand that your body is a temple of God because you're born again. Now you've received the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God has come to dwell in you. And because the Spirit of God has come to dwell in you, then your body has become the temple of the Holy Spirit. So sicknesses and diseases, lack, fear, oppression, 
cannot cohabit with the Holy Spirit in you. Peradventure, you're being oppressed, all right, by fear. You can take authority over it in the name of Jesus. Now, what gives you that confidence? Because, you know, you know who you are. You know that you're born of God. The possibilities and realities of God are now yours. Glory to God in Christ Jesus. Can someone say amen to that? All right, it strengthens your faith. It strengthens your faith. So you have to know who you are in Christ. Now, when the waves of temptations and sin beat against you, you understand that the man who used to sin, who was subject to sin, is dead, died when you got born again. The new man that now lives in Christ, he's not sensitive to sin, does not respond to sin. Praise God. Doesn't live according to the dictates of the flesh. So you, you can believe God to live a godly life because you know who you are. You are now God's child, born of God, born of his spirit, born of his word. Understanding your new creation realities forms the foundation of your faith in God. Foundation of your faith. Seeing does not have dominion over you anymore. So you can tell that habit off. You can tell it off. You can break yourself loose from whatever is trying to hold you down. Why? Because you know who you are. Can someone say amen to that? Faith in God becomes easy. Now anyone who is born again, the Bible tells us, becomes the seed of Abraham. Now the seed of Abraham simply means that which is born after the order of Abraham, the order of faith. Now, Abraham was blessed in all things. You are born again. You expect to be blessed in all things. You can see how that helps your faith. Your expectation is consistent with your new status, your new being, your new creation, your new life. Glory to God. Amen. So you see, faith is strengthened because you know who you are. You know who you are. And you know what it means to be who you are. And you know what it takes to live the kind of life that you have. That is powerful. So as a seed of Abraham, you are supposed to be blessed. That is the expectation. You're meant to be blessed. Glory to God. As a seed of Abraham, you're meant to walk in abundance of all things. No matter the situation now, you refuse to believe in the status quo. You refuse to be trapped by the status quo. You refuse to allow your situation entrap you. You refuse to let that do, do the entrapping. The only thing that is permitted to trap you is the word of God. You are confined by the word. You live in the domain of God's word. That is what knowing your true status in Christ will do for you. It will strengthen your faith. It will help you to realize the fullness of your potentials in faith. You'll be able to believe God aright and believe God to receive the fullness of all that he has packaged for you in Christ. I remember something happened years ago. I woke up in the morning. I just felt ache in my head. This was really intense. So I kept ministering to the Lord. I ignored it. And as I was ministering to the Lord, the Spirit of God revealed to me right there that I am the image of God and that I am the seed of Abraham 
and that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Right there and then, the moment that revelation came, I could agree with what God was saying to me because I knew I'd learned some basics about new creation reality, so I understood what God was saying. The moment the revelation came, there was this faith that erupted from within me, and I said, out of my body in Jesus' name, just like, you know, um, wax before the fire. He just melted away. Shh, the ache left. Just like that. Amen? Now, faith, to get rid of that thing, came from the revelation of who I am in Christ. Who I am. I don't want to say who I was. Amen? Because I am, I am, I am. In Christ, I am. So that revelation that came brought something up within me. There was this confidence in me to say no to the devil's package. You see, when you know who you are in Christ, your true identity in Christ, you can reject death, death you can reject death, you can reject you know, um, evil, you can reject sicknesses and diseases. I mean death and death. Indebtedness. Praise God. You can reject it and come out of it. Amen? Because you are the seed of Abraham. Abraham lived a life of fulfillment. The Bible says he was old and he was well stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed him in how many things? In all things. That's your father. And I know you are not a bastard. All right. That's your father. You are the seed of Abraham. Galatians 3 and verse 29 tells us that you are the seed. If ye be Christ's, how many of us are Christ here? You belong to Jesus. All right. Then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So you are Abraham's seed. Now look at your father, how your father ended up, how his life wrapped up. All right. Look at it. Genesis 24 and verse 1. The Bible tells us and Abraham was old, not like, you know, he died young. Before his age, no. He was old and well stricken in age. <laughs> Man, so do you have confidence now that you're not going to die young? Amen. You see, when you know who you are, there are some things you can believe. You know, so easily you believe those things. I'm not going to die young. It does not matter if the heaven is collapsing upon the earth or the earth is quaking under the feet of men. It doesn't make any difference. I'm going to live long. Amen? With long life, it satisfies me. It shows me salvation. I'm the seed of Abraham. My father didn't die young. He was old and was well stricken in age. And the Lord blessed him in how many things? In all things. In all things. What does all things? What does it mean? That's a word. All things. What does it mean? All things. Money things, right? Academic things, right? Marital things, right? Business things career things, ministry things, family things, husband things, wife things, children things, glory to God, hallelujah, <laughs> health things, in all things. So pick yours there, in all things. That's the universal set. So what is that thing that you need right now? As the seed of Abraham, look at your father. Like father, like children. Look at your father, Abraham. You are the seed of Abraham. So you see, when you know you, who, your root, you know who you are, your true identity. It becomes easy for you to believe God for certain things because you know where you come from, your source. Lift up your right hand and say, I'm blessed. blessed. I can't hear you. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Say, I'm the seed of Abraham. 
and I'm blessed. Say amen to that. Amen. You are the seed of Abraham and you are blessed. And I am blessed. Amen. Longevity. Graceful longevity is ours. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We live long. Amen. Amen. Nothing is going to, you know, cut your life short. Nothing. Nothing has the ability to do that. Nothing. Because you are the seed of Abraham. You are the seed of Abraham. And the Bible tells us that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Not that they are passing away. All things are passed away. Behold, how many things have become new? All things. How many things? All things. So the man in Christ is a new man. The possibilities ahead of him are new possibilities. The realities facing him are new realities. The life he's got to live is a new life. He has new testimonies now. Maybe you've been defeated in time past before you got born again and there was a trend of failure in your life. Now that you're saved, the trend must change. Why? Because you're a brand new man in Christ. So the trend of failure has to come to an end. Why? Because the man in Christ is a brand new man. The man that used to fail, the man that was subject to failure, died, was buried with Christ. The man that is now, the man that is alive now in Christ, is the man that was raised together with Christ Jesus. He's a brand new man. In case the devil has confusion in telling difference between the you that used to be and the you that are right now, then you can tell him and say, devil, can I educate you? <laughs> the man who used to fail, all right, died. This is a brand new man. You see, faith, faith for new things. Faith for new things. A new house, a new job, a new reality, a new open door, a new opportunity. Someone say, well, I've missed certain opportunities in time past. Listen very carefully. Now you can have new opportunities. You can have new possibilities. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. All right, you can believe God for new things because you're a new man. All right, it's not hard for a new man to believe God for new things. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I said amen. amen. Glory to God. I remember when I got born again, I looked behind me and all I could see was polygamy. All right? Polygamy in my natural family, you know, and all that. So I said to myself, in Christ, there's no such thing as what? Polygamy. It's just one man, one woman. Is that not what the Bible says? And God formed the man, male man, from the dust of the earth, breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life. Man became a living soul. And the Bible says, caused the man to have deep sleep, took one of his ribs, formed the woman, closed the flesh thereof, brought the woman to the man. And the man looked at the woman. And he said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. One man, one woman. God didn't form two women or three women and brought them to one Adam. He could have done that. He had the power to. But he said, no, that's not the order in marriage. The order in marriage is one man. Come on now, one woman. And it's, it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. It is, it is not Eve and Evelyn. It is Adam and what? Eve. That's God's order. So, we understand that 
that's the order of God in marriage, one man. And I said to myself, that man that was under that old, in that family of polygamy, died. So I told the devil, the only thing you can do to make me marry two wives, you have to go and resurrect that old man. That means you have to beat Jesus to it. Because that man died with Jesus, was crucified with him. Let me show you a couple of things here. See, it, it gives you faith to believe God for new things. Don't say, well, um, I come from a very humble background. I come from this, you know, I'm from um, Ajaukuta. I'm from Imo State. I'm from Oshun State. I'm from, no, 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 no. Leave that, leave that out of it. If any man be in Christ, if any, are you in Christ? That's the thing. Are you in Christ? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. So that means God is saying to you, listen very carefully, you're a brand new person now. And I want you to enjoy this new life, this brand new life that I have blessed you with. You can enjoy it now. Glory to God. So you see, faith for new things ought not to be challenging or difficult for the man who is new in Christ, the new man in Christ. Is anybody like that? You believe in God for a new car, a new house. All right. You see, listen, it's not just new things like spiritual things alone. New things, everything. And Abraham was blessed in all things. Not all things spiritual. All things, everything. New friends. Maybe you were in a relationship and you were jilted and somehow you feel like, oh God, where do I start from? New, new, new opportunity. New man, new woman. Glory to God. Amen. God is going to open up opportunities for you because you're a brand new man in Christ. See, understand who you are. You can believe God for new things. Your life can take off from where it is right now and you just go like a rocket. You break barriers and atmospheres and stratospheres, praise God, and you just keep going up and higher and higher for the path of the just. It's as a shining light that shines how? More and more, brighter and brighter, even unto the perfect day. Glory to God. Man, that's your life. That's your life in Christ. Come on, wake up to it. Wake up to it. That's your life in Christ. Can someone say amen to that? New opportunities. The barriers that caged your parents, caged your siblings, can't cage you anymore. Can't cage you anymore. You're a brand new man. The man that was caged died with Christ. Let me show you a couple of things here. Romans chapter 6. And I love for us to start reading from, uh, let's start reading from verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead died no more, death had no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God forever, of course. Likewise, <laughs> he says, reckon ye also yourself to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Say amen to that. Amen. So he's telling you something here. Basic information and revelation from God that will help your faith. That when Jesus died on the cross, it was not his death that he died. It was our death that he died. It took our place. Alright? He did not need to die for himself because he was never a sinner. The Bible says he knew no sin. 
2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21. So he died for us. He died for us. He didn't die for himself. So when he took your place as your substitute, as my substitute, it was your death that he died. He was your place that he took. And then he became us right there on the cross and God's judgment fell upon him. And that judgment was the judgment that was the due judgment for sinners. The Bible says the soul that sinneth shall die. God's justice. So he died in our stead and he took our place. So when he died, you died. When he was judged, God actually judged you by substitution. And so he took your place. Now you have taken his place. Have you seen two players, one substituted for the other, and the two players are still playing on the same field of play? It's not possible. When he took your place, he took your place. For real. He took your place once and for all. Say amen to that. He took your place once and for all. That you might take his place. <laughs> so take his place right now. Why? Because he has taken your place. Say amen to that. Man. So when he died, we died with him. When he was raised from the dead, we were raised together with him. Say amen to that. Man. And then again, come to um, Ephesians chapter 2. We started reading from verse 1. It says, and you, has he quickened? Quickened is an old KJV word. Quickened means made alive. To quicken means to give life to. So to give life to something or somebody. So, and you, has he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins? Wherein in time past, you walked according to the cause of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins. Did you see it? He gave life to us. He quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. Now, if you have a case, for example, all right, in the court of law, you hire a lawyer to stand in for you, represent you in the court of law. Your lawyer's victory is your victory. True? You don't say, my lawyer won the case. It's my lawyer's victory, not my victory. You know, your lawyer represented you, so it's your victory. Praise God. Jesus took our place. So when he died, it was our death that he died. The old man died with him. The man sold under sin. All that Adam became after the fall is called the old man. His nature, his life, his being, everything that he became after the fall is called the old man, the man of sin. That man was sold under sin, ruled over by Satan, lauded over by Satan, all through until the death of Jesus Christ, his resurrection. And so, by God's method of substitution, it is called substitution by elimination. Now, what happened? He took our place, and what he actually meant to do was to take our place so that we could take his place, but he actually meant to take our place and 
identify with us that we might identify with him so that the, the sin nature can be destroyed. The old man can be killed and buried. And then there will be a resurrection of a new man. And that new man will live above sin, live above lack. All the limiting forces of life cannot limit the new man. Say amen to that. He's a man after God in righteousness and true holiness. That's the new man. So he eliminated the, the old man by taking our place. He took our place as our substitute, identified with our sin life and sin nature, so that God's judgment you know, fell upon him. And when God's judgment fell upon him, it fell upon us in sin, us in Adam, the old man. So God eliminated the old man, destroyed the old man, and then brought forth a new man through resurrection. See, the cross canceled out, crossed away and out every odd thing, bad thing, evil thing in our lives. Resurrection brought us into newness of life. The cross took care of the curse, took care of death, the judgment of sin, and then his resurrection brought us into newness of life, new realities, new possibilities. Say amen to that. Man, and that's why right now, you can believe God for newness of life. It does not matter what has been damaged in your life since birth till date. You can change it by faith. Why? The faith comes from the newness of life. It will change your environment. Change your life, your set of friends. Amen? It will change your taste. Change everything about you. Repackage you, rebrand you totally on the outside because the faith to do that is coming from within. The man on the inside, you know who you are now in Christ. Can someone say amen to that? Man. So, he dealt with that. Look at Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ. Now, if Paul was crucified with Christ, when was he crucified with Christ? Of course, when Christ was crucified. And he was crucified once. Was he crucified many times? No. He was crucified once. So Paul was crucified with him when he was crucified. When Jesus was crucified. Anyone who is going to be crucified must be crucified with the one that was crucified. Because he is our representative. He is our substitute. He is the Lamb of God that took our place and took away the sins of the world. So Jesus was crucified. When Jesus was crucified, he was crucified with him. You see, our crucifixion is not personal. Our crucifixion is an identified crucifixion. What that means is this. We're identified with him, and so we're crucified. Now, no matter how good you are, even if you are a lawyer and you have a case, all right, you cannot represent yourself in the court of law. True? You have to hire another lawyer. True? Yeah, that's, that's how it works. No matter, you may understand the case, you know what to say. The judge says, no, you can't represent yourself. All right? Nobody represents himself. The witness of one is not true. There must be another witness saying, you are, they are telling the truth. And say, okay, that's true. We can stamp that. Depending on his integrity anyway. Praise God. So, listen to this. This is very important. Jesus took our place... And so when he took our place by identification, first identification is that Jesus identified with us that we might identify with him. And the principle of identification 
is the principle of imputation. That's imputing by faith. For example, all right, you may not know how to speak. And then your lawyer speaks for you in the court of law representing you. He wins the case. Everything he said as your representative, you said before the court of law. True? If you meant to say something else and your lawyer said something, contrary to what was in your mind, listen very carefully. <laughs> you have said it. Why? Because that's your lawyer, that's your representative. It's called the law of representation, delegation, imputing. So imputing can happen, all right? Righteousness can be imputed to people. Sin can be imputed to people. For example, your president makes a wrong decision. It's your decision. It will take faith for you to come out of the consequence or consequences of that decision. True? <laughs> because it's just, it's the error of leadership. Everybody partakes of it. You didn't do it in the actual sense of it. You were not in the Garden of Eden. You didn't eat the fruit. All right? But for all I've seen, then what? Come short of the glory of God. So when did you sin in the actual sense of it? When Adam sinned? Because it was a generic head of humanity. Every one of us in Adam, naturally speaking, was in his loins. So when he fell, we fell. When he sinned, we sinned. When he disobeyed God, we disobeyed God. Look at Levi. Levi was in Abraham when Abraham gave tithe to Melchizedek. You remember? And so Levi was empowered to receive tithe from his brethren because he had given tithe in Abraham. So Adam, the first Adam represented mankind. The second Adam represented another mankind. Not mankind of the first order, but another mankind. The first mankind was man born after the flesh, subject to the natural laws, subject to all those things that people call evil in the world. Then there's another Adam, the last Adam, and that Adam is the generic head of the body of Christ. He's the federal head of the body of Christ. Glory to God. All right. So when Jesus died, he actually meant to get rid of, both vitally and legally, that old man, old nature, old life of rebellion against God that man was as a result of or became as a result of the fall of Adam. So when he died and God's judgment fell upon him, he wasn't being punished for himself or for his wrong deeds. He was being punished for our old self and our wrong deeds. So, but he identified with us being a man that we might identify with him in faith. When you believe in Jesus as Lord of your life, confess him as Lord of your life, believe in your heart, God has raised him from the dead, amen. Everything he stood for, died for, became for you and all the blessings and benefits, they accrue to you. They are credited to your account. All you now you know, need to do is to learn how to make withdrawals. How do you withdraw? And that's what you are going to learn the rest of your life. Amen? How to make withdrawals. Praise God. Are you following what I'm saying here? So, that is very powerful. You are a brand new man in Christ now. Someone says, well, but I still think those old thoughts. That's in your soul. 
That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. You can renew your mind. Your mind can be renewed and then you start thinking like God. Can someone say amen to that? Romans 12, 2. Bible says to not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed how? By the renewing of the mind. Your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So you can, you can renew your mind. Meditating in God's word and acting on the word of God. Your mind is renewed, restored. You start thinking the thoughts of God. But don't forget, deep within, on the inside, you're a brand new person. In Christ, there are no old people. Christ is not a place for old people. I'm not talking about chronological age. I'm talking about newness of life. Newness of life. No old man in Christ. And some of you call your dad old, old man. My old man. All right, I don't think that's right. Just imagine you grow old very soon. Your old man. Your children will call you my, our old man. Don't call your dad your old man. Say my dad. All right, is it age alone that defines your dad? Or characterizes or qualifies your dad to be your dad. Because age is coming too. Alright. It's going to cause your hair to begin to change color. And then your children will look at you and say, old man, how are you? Please don't do that. Say, I hear. Mm -hmm. Don't call your dad old man. Your dad is your dad. We get to this. If any man be in Christ, is what? A new creature. Old things. Old things are passed away. Behold, how many things have become new? All things. How many things? All things. Now, I like to take that word, all things, there in context. Right there, considering that verse. And then in context, considering Abraham's life. You remember all things? In Genesis 24 and verse 1. Come on now. Is it ringing any bell in your mind? All things. All things. All things have become new. And God has blessed him in how many things? All things. In health. In strength. In wealth. In fame. In credibility. Integrity. In love. In prosperity. All things. Glory to God. All things. You can have prosperity and integrity together. True? Yeah. Don't like, okay, you don't say, well, I just want to have prosperity at the expense of integrity. No, not at the expense of integrity. You can have both prosperity and integrity together. Job was a prosperous man. Was he a man of integrity? Was he a man of integrity? All right. What about Abraham? Huh? Look, look at Genesis chapter 13. I want to show you something here. Genesis 13 and verse 1. Look at it. And Abraham went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him into the south. Verse 2. Can we read verse 2 together, everyone? 1, 2, 3, let's go. And Abraham was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. Now, the Bible does not say, and Abraham was rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. Not the word very. Very. Now, that's what people attack in this generation. They like the word rich, but very. You must not be very rich. Else you are corrupt. If you are rich as a pastor, it's still fine. They can manage that. But you are very rich, you are corrupt. 
If you are rich as a young man, they, they, they can manage that. But you are very rich, <laughs> you must be a thief. What is wrong with the word very? Is there anything wrong with the word very? Can you have someone who is brilliant and then you have another person who is very brilliant? Huh? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> and Abraham was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. So listen, that's our father. I, I tell people, I said, listen very carefully. If you understand the importance of wealth, you believe God for more than enough of it. Because you know what wealth is meant for? It's to be a blessing to people. If you truly love people, you don't want to leave them the way you met them. You don't want to keep seeing people in lack and you just keep looking at them over and over again. You want to do something about their situation. True? All right. Now, think about being a blessing to the whole world. How rich or how wealthy must you be to be a blessing to the whole world? Just rich? Very, very, very rich. Why? Because you need it in abundance. If you know what wealth is meant for, you will never be poor. Not just to prove a point to, you know, your family members or siblings that you, you have eventually made it. <laughs> you said I would not be able to make you see what God has done. All right, please, life is much more than that. Too precious for that. Don't do that. All right, don't try to prove a point with your life. Your life itself is a point. That your life is a point. That the enemy has failed. It's proof that the enemy has failed. Have you, how many times the devil has tried to kill you? And he's failed again and again and again. So is that not enough point that God is faithful and you have a future to fulfill? Your life is enough point already. Do you know how much ache is in the head of the devil right now running through his head? Do you know how many demons are banging their heads against themselves just because you're alive? You wake up in the morning and say, praise the Lord, they're angry. It's enough point. So what other point do you want to prove with your life? Amen? Amen. Lift up your right hand and say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I can't hear you. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Louder, I can't hear you. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Now, if you're thinking about wealth just for you alone, you don't need very, very, very much of it. You're not that big to need very, very much of it. You alone. True? If you have a house, a three-bedroom, can you put one leg in one of the bedrooms? And then the other leg in the other bedroom, I, say, I must enjoy the two bedroom. And then the third one, you stretch your hand to the other bedroom, third bedroom. You can't do that. You sleep in one bedroom per time. True? At a time. That's it. But if you understand that you are the seed of Abraham, he says, I will bless you. I will bless you. And you shall be what? A blessing. Boy. And in thee shall all, all, not some, all the families of the earth be blessed in thee. <laughs> and then the Bible says you shall lend to many nations. Lend. Lend means to give. 
to give to many nations. And you shall not take from them. You shall not borrow. It didn't say you shall lend to nations. It says many. Many nations. And you shall not borrow. So what God is saying here is that he wants to bless you over and above what you require so you can be a blessing to other people who need to be blessed because you are the seed of Abraham. And that's what wealth is meant for. You see? That's why sometimes we don't know why we believe God for more. They feel it's greed or covetousness. No. It's a strong desire to be a blessing to the world. I was in church one time in a fellowship setting. I had some money in my pocket. God had blessed me with some money. And I was in worship, just worshiping God. And there was this brother in front of me, sitting in front, front row. He was worshiping God. And the Lord revealed to me in that moment of worship, this brother doesn't have anything to eat after service. Put some money in his Bible. Just put some money in his Bible. And I closed it. So we're done worshiping God. It was time for the word. Pastor stepped out to share God's word with us. And he said, hello, brethren, God bless you today. Open your Bibles too, all right? And he opened his Bible with someone and he smiled. <laughs> of course. You see, let me tell you something. There are, there are things you see, there's no witness in your heart that they are yours. Sometimes you just, maybe you're just going on the road and just see money and you're saying, hey, glory to God. There's in your heart, you know, that's not your money. But there, there, there are some things you see. For example, I've seen money in some places in the house. I knew it was God's provision. <laughs> it wasn't my wife's money. Praise God. Man, she didn't keep any money there. I took it. I met the need. I needed to meet with the money. Praise God. And I was blessed. Amen. The brother rejoiced. He knew it was his money. There are some things you know by faith that, you know, you just know. There was a time I saw, a, you know, a piece of property. It wasn't my property. I, wasn't, I have not paid for it yet, but I knew it was my property. I just knew it was my property. And it eventually became my property. Praise God. Amen. There are things you know. This is not, you know, you just know by faith. A revelation of God in you. Amen. So listen to this. This is very powerful. This is very powerful. You are a new creature in Christ. You are a brand new person. In Christ. And what that means is that there are new possibilities, new realities available to you. You don't have to live the way you used to live. You don't, you don't have to. You don't have to. There's no need for it anymore. You need not live from hand to mouth. Now, if what you have in hand is always, your mouth is always calling for what is in your hand, that's hunger, isn't it? There are times you hold some things in your hand. And your mouth is already satisfied. You are chewing something already. Then you say, so let me bless it. Just bless someone. For living from hand to mouth, hand to mouth. Anything that is in the hand must go to the mouth. That's not good. And listen very carefully. I prophesy and I speak to you today. You, you will not live from hand to mouth anymore. Amen. You're living from hand to be a blessing to other people. Amen. Because there's something in your mouth already. There's something you are eating and enjoying. Not from hand to mouth, hand to mouth. Anytime it's in the hand, it must go to the mouth. No. Because there's no enough. The mouth is already tasty, hungry. <laughs> Salivating. So it comes like this. Ha Wants to eat it. Alright? And before another comes, the mouth is already hungry. That's not the kind of life God wants you to live. Turn your Bibles quickly to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 
and verse 8. I want to see something here. And God is able to make all grace. How much grace? All grace. How much? All grace. All grace abound to God is able. He's not complaining. Why are you complaining? Come on. Increase your capacity for more. Because God wants to bless people through you. All right? He wants to bless you as a person. Yes. He wants to make a blessing to people. Think about two more, three more, five more people that you are responsible for. You know, my wife and I have scholarship uh, foundation, Carrie Zoe. We're giving our scholarship to students in the university. And the list is long. And we're smiling, thanking God for it. Praise God. We're not just paying school fees of our children. That's good. That's responsibility. That means you're responsible. Or you can, you can be blessed. And then you become more responsible beyond your nuclear family. You're responsible for others. Stop thinking like you're going to live like this, just thinking about yourself, yourself, and me, and mine, and ours. Your life is bigger than that. You are a blessing to your generation. You're not a liability. And God is able. He said, God is able. God is telling you he's able <laughs> to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency, not a little of it, all sufficiency, all, all. All sufficiency in how many things, in all things, may abound to every good work. Every good work. You are bounding to every good work. That's what prosperity is meant for. Now, right now, why not just send a message out to universities? Just tell them, all right, any serious student whose CGPA is over 2.5, that's a serious student. So anybody who is across, don't just give, give things blindly and just say everybody. They will eat the money. And you, you can put like $10 million into that, convert that to Naira. That's something, right? And just bless, bless them in the name of the Lord. Can you see that? Now you collect scholarship from the U.S., the U.K., and all that. When is Africa going to send scholarship to Europe? Are there not poor people there? If you've traveled abroad, you know there are poor people everywhere in the world. Forget social media and forget uh, Hollywood. They show us what they want us to see. Go and see it for yourself. You'll be amazed. But look at this. It says, and God is able to make all grace. How much? All grace abound toward you. 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 You have a name abound towards you. You. You have a name. Put your name there. Put your name there. And God is able to make all grace abound toward me. Me in Christ. Glory to God. That I, that I, always having all, come on now, sufficiency in how many things? In all things may abound to, come on now, every good work. Every. That means every good work. Every need that rises around you, all right? God says, meet that need. Meet that need. And you are more than enough to meet the need. Say amen to that. Amen. What a blessing that is. That's, that's the essence of wealth, 
All right, sometimes I don't eat breakfast. Sometimes I eat just once a day. Praise God. Most of the time I'm fasting. So I'm not eating for myself. I don't have food for myself. It's to be a blessing to people. Amen. A time comes in your life that you will not need up to 1% of your income. Someone says, when is that time coming? Believe it. You see, you are a brand new man in Christ. You are the seed of? I can't hear. You are the seed of? You are the seed of? All right. So you can be a blessing to people. We can change this world in the name of Jesus. Right? We can. We can make a difference in our society. We can. By the blessing of God on our lives. Stop thinking small. You are not small. Stop thinking low. You are not low. You are not below. You are not below. Amen? Think from where you are in Christ. Seated together with Christ in heavenly places. Far above. Far above lack, poverty. Far above fear. Far above rejection. Glory to God. Amen. Far above. See yourself doing things that you've never seen anybody do before. Break limits. Set records. New records. That will be very challenging for the next generation to break. Good records. We can change our world. Can someone say amen to that? It all starts with faith. Come on, say faith. What do you believe? What do you believe? And you see, true faith, Bible faith stems from the consciousness of who you are in Christ. It doesn't matter where you're starting from. It doesn't matter what you're putting on now. Don't look at all that. No no man after the flesh. If any man being Christ is a new creature, you know who you are. It doesn't matter what you're putting on now. The jacket may not look like it's anything. But listen very carefully. You know where you're going. You know who you are. You know what God has destined for you. And then you take it one step at a time in faith and God shows you opportunities and you keep growing and keep growing from glory to glory because you believe that you are a world changer. You can change the world in the name of the Lord. Amen. You can bless somebody in the name of the Lord. That's what prosperity is meant for. There are people behind bars who don't have anybody to speak for them. That's why they are behind bars. God can raise lawyers in the house and you have a team. You speak for them. Many of them are very, very innocent. Many women, pregnant women, at the point of delivery... Because there are no good facilities, health facilities, they lose their lives, lose the lives of the baby. God can use somebody to change that because maybe that's a governor, the next governor. In 22 years, 45 years, 30-something years, maybe that's the next lawyer, that's the next governor. So we, we can change that. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm holding the mic. All right? <clears throat> to infuse faith into you. To change your world, starting with your family. That nagging husband, nagging wife, by the power of love, you can break that hold of nagging from of him or from of her. Amen? Faith. 
faith can turn anything around. Faith. We believe God for it. It comes from who you are. You know who you are. You know who you are. Amen. You are not a beggar. You are not a beggar. You are the seed of Abraham. It's not a small thing to be the seed of Abraham. That's who you are. That's your destiny. All right. It looks like you're looking for a job right now, searching around. But God is saying, son, daughter, all right, you're just going to be here for just a year or two or three at most four. You are an employer of labor. I'm giving you an idea. And you are going to create opportunities. Not be looking around for them. Because you are blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. Look at Israel, a desert land. In 1948, when the nation of Israel was announced officially to be the nation of Israel, and the children of Israel came back, you know, from all over to the land of Israel. Praise God. Amen. The place was a desert land, patched land. No fruit, no nothing, no tree. But they believed they were the seed of Abraham after the flesh. You are the seed of Abraham after the spirit. (laughs) That which is spiritual is superior to and greater than that which is of the flesh. They believed and they changed that place. If you go to Israel today, you'll be amazed. Look at Israel. It's transformed. You see, when people don't believe that they can change things, they may try and keep trying. But because they do not have faith, that they can change that thing, that thing will never change for the better. But you believe it? You believe that you are the seed of Abraham? You believe it? You believe it? That as long as you live, there's a particular need that destiny has cut out for you to meet. That need must be met as long as you live. Your life It's not just living and eating and sleeping and waking up. Your life is more than that. The life of a man does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. The life of a man consists in the abundance of the things he gives away. (laughs) For he's more blessed to give than to what? Receive. Praise God. So God is calling on you. Wake up. Don't say, I don't want to be too wealthy. I don't want to be too wealthy. I don't have to have too much money so that I do not sin against God. You're selfish. Is it sinful to help people around you? Have too much money. Let people call it too much. Amen? Amen. Until they say it's too much, don't stop. Why? Because there are people to bless. Can someone say amen to that? (laughs) I visited a man of God one time. I was a student at Obafemolo University and um, he called me, and then he said something. He said, don't seek for things, for things. Seek God and believe him for things, for people. Now, to seek things for things is wrong. So he told me, he said, did you see the car park there? I said, I saw it, yeah. The garage, massive garage. There were two Mercedes Benz. Can't remember the model now. Parked there, and he told me he said he received gifts from people, and he had like about ten or twelve 
He said, the Lord spoke to him and said, give them out, give this out. And God started calling names, the names of people. And he blessed them. Some missionaries, some just people who love the Lord working in church. And he just blessed them with those cars and had just two left. He said, I have not heard from God to, to know who at least I should give the remaining two to. He said, and I know before the end of the year, I will receive maybe another 15 or 20. He said, that's how I receive cars. Amen. And I looked at him, I was challenged. And I, I was a student then. And I made, made up my mind that I was going to be giving out cars too. I made up my mind I was going to be a blessing to people. Praise God. You're right. I was counting the other time. Still counting. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> I'm trusting God. The time will come. You know, it will be 100, 150, 1,000. Amen. Just blessing people. Praise God. <laughs> Until your joy is in blessing people. Your joy is not true joy yet. <laughs> the joy of receiving is good, but the joy of giving is much more. Is much, much greater, exceedingly abundantly much greater than the joy of receiving because it's more blessed to give than to receive. You know what it means to give? You know the joy in giving? <laughs> Boy, that's your life. Yeah. You are not, you are not, you see, listen, stop looking at me and say, Look at me. <laughs> Look at my life. Look at my life. See my life. See my life. See my life. There's something to see about your life is the glory of God. You are the seed of Abraham. Amen. Believe it. See, understand who you are. Now in Christ, you're a brand new person. All right. You see, God didn't panabit you. He didn't, he didn't walk you up. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. No. No panabiting. It wasn't a facelift that he gave you. You're a brand new person in Christ. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. You can change things. See, believe God. Listen, you, you start a small business or you're on a job. Believe God that, look, things will get bigger and bigger. It will increase and increase and increase until it's so massive. Who told you you cannot handle something massive? It has nothing to do with your age, boy. <laughs> Amen. It has everything to do with your faith, who you are. Can, you, can your faith handle it? Do you have faith in God? Praise God. Yes, there are people to touch. There are people to bless. There are things to do for the Lord. All right. You see, just think for a moment. Anytime you're enjoying anything and you think it's free, there is no free meal under heaven. It may be free on this end. On the other end, somebody paid for it. True? So life is sacrifice and grace. Grace and sacrifice. You enjoy grace on this hand. Jesus died for it. He didn't live for the grace we're enjoying. So to extend that grace to someone else, all right, it may not be convenient for you, but you believe God for it and stretch. You stretch. You have to stretch. Amen? You know, you have to, don't, don't live a small life. Just mean, You have to stretch and say, Lord, I, I, I can do more. Say amen to that. You can do more. You can do more. You can do more. Are there people out there who need you? Have you met anybody in a lifetime so far who needed help from you? Who wanted something from you? Be sincere. All right, look at the beggar at the gate called Beautiful. Look steadfastly on Peter 
and John, expecting to receive harms of them. And then they said, look at us, look on us. Silver and gold we do not have, but such as we have. Listen very carefully. At the time, they didn't have silver and gold in their pocket. Don't forget, they were not poor apostles. You remember? Because sometimes people just say, they say, even the apostles said, silver and gold we have, we have not. Such as we have, we give unto you. Amen? God has blessed them. You know, there are times, because, you know, they didn't have, they didn't have ATM, you know, and they didn't have ATM cards at the time. So it's either they are carrying money with them or there's no money with them. True? Uh-huh. But now you can carry a card with you and there's money on the card. Either debit or credit card. But at the time, they didn't have anything on them. And then he said, silver and gold, we don't have such as we have. We give. You see, look, they didn't have money, but they were still willing to help the man. Did you see it? Did you see that hat? They were still willing to help the man. They just wanted to make a difference. He says, such as we have, we give unto you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And Peter took the man by the hand, lifted him up, and his ankle bone received strength. And he began to leap, he began to walk, began to praise God. Praise God. Man. As the seed of Abraham, you don't leave people the same way you met them. You are an impact, a positive one at that. You are a blessing. Think blessings. Don't think in liabilities. Think in assets. Don't think in borrowing. Think in lending. Just flip that thinking, that's all. See yourself the way God sees you and live from that consciousness. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Amen. And you see, see that's, that's key to walking by faith. When you know who you are, it becomes easy for you to believe God for certain things consistent with your nature, your life in Christ. Can someone say amen to that? Man. How many of us say you're, you're ready? By the grace of God to change your world. God is going to use you to be a blessing to somebody. Somebody needs you out there. There's somebody out there who needs you. There is somebody out there who is counting on you. There's somebody out there who is hungry. And what it takes to feed that person is in your pocket. So you see, you believe God. You can do that. You can do much more. Believe God for more. Don't let anybody, don't let religion cage you. Don't let social media people criticizing people who are rich, you know, and all that cage you. You are already free in Christ. You are free in Christ. Amen? You are free already. So what you need to do is to get yourself into that consciousness. Nobody can cage me. All right? There are no limits to my success. No. You cannot limit me. You can't place a limit on my life. I will break it. Amen? The barriers are broken. You break it because your kind of life is limitless. Limitless is the divine life. You are a child of God. You're born of God. God's grace is on your life. You are the seed of Abraham. Believe that and don't, don't justify your situation. See, it's, it's because I'm in Nigeria. Because I'm a Nigerian. No. 
And Isaac sowed in that land where there was famine. Genesis chapter 26. You remember? And in the same year, the Lord blessed him. All right. And the Bible says, in the same year, he reaped a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. In the same land. You are blessed. Rise to your feet. All right. I want you to tell your situation. Tell your situation who you are in Christ. You can't limit me anymore. All right. You are a liar. I refuse to believe you anymore. No matter what the situation is, is it a wrong habit? Is it a limitation in your family? Does it have to do with your mind? Does it have to do with your emotion? Does it have to do with money? Does it have to do with family matters? Does it have to do whatever it is? Begin to speak to that thing from your spirit, knowing who you are. Not, it cannot stop you. It cannot limit you anymore. Come on, open your mouth and speak words right now. I said, you cannot stop me. You cannot limit me. You cannot stop me. You cannot limit me. You cannot stop me in the name of Jesus. I'm unstoppable. I'm unstoppable. The life of God is in me. The glory of God is upon me. I am a reflection of the image and the glory of God in the name of Jesus. Come on, go ahead. Declare it. Does it have anything to do with your health? Does it have anything to do with family issues? You can address it right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, go ahead. Go ahead and declare it. Go ahead and declare. Open your mouth. Come on now. This is a time to speak out loud. This is a time to let your faith talk right now. And break yourself loose from that thing. Nothing is capable of holding you down. That thing has held you down enough. Now you know who you are. Break away from it. In the name of Jesus. You are making progress. You are fulfilling your God-given destiny. You are going forward. That's who you are. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Say a big amen. Now, prophesy, speak words over you. In the name of Jesus, you are blessed. There are new opportunities for you. None of us here is permitted to be stranded. Go from glory to glory. Go from strength to strength in the name of Jesus. I decree and declare there are new open doors now. Right before you in the name of Jesus. New job opportunities. New employment creating opportunities. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your brain is working at its best. In the name of the Lord Jesus. You know what to do. You see solutions. You see opportunities. In the name of the Lord Jesus. You hear the voice of God. Concerning his plan for your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Yes, the voice of a stranger you will not follow. No, you will not follow. You will not follow that voice. No, you will not follow it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is well with you. Go and prosper. Go and fulfill your God-given destiny. Live the life of a victor. In the name of Jesus. And come back with testimonies. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Give the Lord a shout of praise and rejoice and thank you. Hallelujah.